What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamoke Davis here with you, and I hope you are doing well. I am doing well. We're in the month of December, celebrating the holiday season. I feel like really from October to December, January 1st, maybe even into MLK Day, it's just days off and holidays and everybody's in good spirits. I hope everybody's in good spirits. Things are going well for you, for me. As we get ready for another great weekend of sports, I'm excited about that. It is truly shaping up to be a great year if you're in Washington. My hometown, my home city, the DMV, as they call it, because you know, you kind of got to get in Maryland and Virginia, or really more like Northern Virginia. You don't count Baltimore as the DMV. But it's exciting. Washington, the football team, if the playoffs started today, they'd have the seventh seed. The Washington Wizards are in second place in the NBA Eastern Conference. I mean, what's going on? The Capitals are, well, the Capitals. I mean, they got Alex Ovechkin. That alone is a good thing. They're in first place in the Metropolitan Division at 14-4. and four. I haven't looked at MLS. I have no idea what DC United is doing, and that's not good either. You know, I should just look it up. I'll look it up because that's, that's not cool. That's not cool. I should know what DC United is doing too. I, I walk around with my DC United jacket on. And sometimes I just forget to check the standings. And I hope it's not going to be bad news, but I bet it is bad news. And DC has 47 points. They are out of the playoffs. I mean, they're not that bad. 14, 15, and 5. They could make a run. But right now, they would be out of the playoffs. I don't even know. Like, do they have more games to play? I assume they have more games to play. So maybe there's still a chance for them to make it up. Are we in the playoffs? Boy, I don't even know. Probably is a playoff schedule. They probably are done already, which is sad because they had an E next to their name, which means they were eliminated. Okay, well, enough about soccer. Chelsea, at least in the English Premier, Premier League, they are still at the top of the English Premier League. But barely. I certainly didn't like when I looked at the odds for who will win the English Premier League. And of course it had Man City at the top at minus 140. Chelsea at plus 275. And Chelsea is only a point up on Man City. So we'll see what happens there. We got a lot to get to. We've got some uh, football news couple storylines that I want to talk about what's going on around Washington and RG3. We got NBA basketball. I enjoyed Suns Warriors and Knicks Nets on Tuesday night on TNT. Still got to get used to that. Suns Warriors again later this week, tomorrow. Um, and the MLB work stoppage. As I look at my 
baseball from the 1994 World Series. That's right. I bought. I got one of those. I bought it. I was like, oh, they're not having a World Series. I got to get a ball. So I got a ball. And it's one of the ones that I cherish the most. But one of the first things that I want to talk about, um, speaking of cherishing things, is, you know, you are, you're watching sports and, uh, you know, I used to work for Monument Sports Entertainment and I worked for the Washington Wizards and I used to host the pregame show for the Wizards and I did some play-by-play as well, professional tennis and some, actually what I enjoyed a lot was doing high school games. And it wasn't just any high school games. And that's the part that I'm most excited about as I've been watching sports lately. Is to see first her mature is AZ Fudd. As she's now uh, at UConn. But I called high school games when she played at St. John's. And actually, uh, my one of my childhood friends... Uh, daughter goes to St. John's or went to St. John's. Um, But it was really cool to see the evolution over the years of AZ Fudd. And to think now she is, she's playing college basketball. And it's funny because she's in the commercial with Allen Iverson and Tyron Lue for TikTok. You got AZ Fudd there too. Um, it's just it's just kind of neat to see. And and to think that, oh yeah, I remember. You know, you remember when. You remember when. As Connecticut is ranked uh, number two in the country in NCAA women's basketball at three and one. South Carolina is eight and one. It's kind of a, you know, three and one. Connecticut needs to play some more games. But I also remembered as I was watching Duke the other night take on Gonzaga, and they lost to Ohio State a few nights later. I actually called games that Trevor Keels and Jeremy Roach played in. And AZ Fudd, you knew, man, she's a star. She's going places. She had the pedigree of parents who were athletes and basketball players. And they had the height, too. Not that I didn't think Trevor Keels and Jeremy Roach had that talent too, but to see them at Duke, when you think about what they were at Paul VI, it's appreciate the maturity level. You know, I actually got to also see Trevor Keels a little later when he was working out with Derek Whitehead in Virginia uh, at a basketball, in a basketball gym, and they were working out together. And it was cool to see, you know, two high school players, you know, training together. At the time, Trevor Keels was already committed to Duke. Derek Whitehead hadn't made up his mind, and now Derek Whitehead's going to go to Duke. And that'll be exciting to see them mature and maybe even play in the NBA. And again, you can say, you remember when. You remember when. When I think of betting and 
sports. Gonzaga's favorite at plus 450, Purdue at plus 800, Duke at plus 800. When I watched that Duke-Gonzaga game, it was like watching the NCAA championship. It was it was amazing. And speaking of amazing, I'm always surprised. When I was looking at the odds, I was like, oh, wait, Villanova's still in there at plus 1,400. ACC needs to try to get Villanova into, into our conference. That's what we need to try to do. But I doubt that'll happen. I doubt that'll happen. But I wish them all the most success in college and beyond in the pros for Keels and Roach and Fudd. It was a lot of fun calling their games. And sticking with basketball, man, did I enjoy the Suns-Warriors games. And the Knicks-Nets. I said games, but I meant game because I also enjoyed the Knicks-Nets game before that. That's just... You know, basketball, I'm really in, in, not that I'm enjoying it more, but some of the big games have lived up to the hype. They really have lived up to the hype. And if you really loved that Suns-Warriors game, well, guess what? You're going to get it again on Friday night. This time it's the Suns at the Warriors. The Warriors beat the Suns already on Tuesday night. I think they won by 10, if I remember correctly. So now they're tied atop the Western Conference. That was a great game, even despite the fact that Devin Booker had to leave the game. And, you know, who knows how long he'll be out. And, of course, that makes the game at the Warriors, you know, it's not as sexy, but it's still going to be a good game. But both teams are four up on the Jazz. The Mavericks have creeped back, creeped back up to fourth spot at 11-9. and nine. Memphis Grizzlies are in the fifth spot. Lakers in the sixth. Clippers Trailblazers in the eighth spot. Hang in there, Portland. Hang in there, Robert Covington. I hope they keep that team together. I really do. Minnesota Timberwolves. Going to be playing the Trailblazers soon. And the Denver Nuggets at 10-11 round out the playoff spots. But we're talking playoffs too early. I know we are. In the Eastern Conference, when I watched that Knicks-Nets game, it sounded like it was a Knicks home game to me. I was on Twitter with Dexter and a couple of guys from the New York area that Dexter has introduced me to when they all kind of talked. Knicks and Nets basketball, and just NBA in general. You can check out Dexter on the NBA Exchange. He has a lot of cool guests on there. But I felt like it was a Knicks home game, and the game came down to one play. The Nets won by two. Great, great game. Shout out to my the person who shares my birthday as well, but Chelsea, she does the game entertainment for the Nets. I'm so proud of her, so proud of her. But that was a great game. And I just have enjoyed basketball this season. And I can't help that I've enjoyed a little bit more because the Washington Wizards are doing well. They're 14-8, and eight, tied for second place with, guess who's been rising back to the top? The Milwaukee Bucks are also 14-8. and eight, And the Chicago Bulls, a surprise team this season, is 14-8. and eight. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, what they have been doing. Woo! 
Miami Heat is in fifth at 13-9. The surprise Cleveland Cavaliers are 12-10. They've won three in a row. The Bucs have won eight in a row. I meant to mention that too. The Hawks, Celtics, Hornets, and Knicks round out that play-in tournament. 76ers and Toronto are out on the playoffs. Those are two teams that I thought for sure you'd see rise to the top, and maybe they still will, but Joel Embiid, you know, not being 100%, um, that's hurt them. Of course it has. Uh, Indiana Pacers, I thought they would be better. You know, they're not doing very well. Uh, Boston, they're doing all right. They just beat Philly by one. Joel Embiid, hopefully, you know, he's getting himself back in playing shape. You know, he was out with COVID for a little bit. So hopefully he's getting himself back together. That'd be exciting. But just in general, the NBA is exciting. I really am enjoying this season. I really am. And it's also, you know, unfortunate, but Bam Adebayo hurt his right thumb. So to think that he may not be playing for some time. I think they said four to six weeks. That's not good. Dame Lillard is out for 10 days, has a lower ab injury. I'm really bummed about Michael Porter Jr., who will be out for the rest of the season. That's really sad. I remember when there was talk of the Wizards possibly drafting him, and when they didn't, it was like, eh, wish they had. But, you know, he has he got the bag. He got the rookie max contract, but he hasn't really been on the court as much. Um, and as I mentioned as well, Devin Booker, he, who knows when he'll return. He had a left hamstring injury, and LeBron James is in COVID protocols, health and safety protocols. Nobody can't just say he, he has COVID, but, you know, I mean, I think it's just tough to hear that from a public relations standpoint. So there will be some changes to the the standings, if nothing else, because of the injuries, possibly. But again, just like we say about football, you can say the same thing about basketball. It's next man up. It truly is next man up. No doubt about that. As I look at the um, the standings here, or excuse me, the odds for the team futures, if you will, for basketball. I am not surprised that the Brooklyn Nets are still there, plus 240. But as I mentioned, the Warriors have bumped the Lakers at plus 600. And now the Bucks. On Tuesday, I talked about how the Warriors bumped the Lakers down a spot. Now the Bucks have also bumped the Lakers down another spot. And the Bucks are at plus 800. Lakers are plus 850. And the Suns are plus 1100. Is there a sleeper team out there? You know, you still got the Denver Nuggets at plus 2500. Bulls at plus 3500. Sixers at plus 2200. Those, team come, those teams come to mind. Deep sleepers. Celtics at plus 6000. Hawks at plus 4500. Uh... Wizards, plus 1,800 still. That's a deep, deep, deep sleeper. But the thing about that team, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a Detroit Pistons team that you kind of would say, well, they had a leader, 
But when you think about that team with Tayshaun Prince and Chauncey Billups and Ben Wallace, there wasn't really a superstar in my mind, Rip Hamilton, that stood out. Rip Hamilton was on that team, right? Yeah. They were a really good team. They played well as a team. And I feel like although Bradley Beal's all NBA, if you look at the number of shots he takes, um, and the or rather more the number of shots that the rest of the team takes, it seems to be a very well-rounded team. And I hope that means success for the Wizards for the rest of the season. And what won't happen is the teams that we always expect to be near the top end up near the top and the Washington Wizards fade to maybe the play-in tournament. But I don't want that to be the case. Something else I didn't want to be the case is the work stoppage in the Major League Baseball. Something else that I did not want to be. Something else that I did not want to come to freest. Something else that I did not want to happen. Is the work stoppage in Major League Baseball. Say it ain't so. No, it's so. At 12.03 a.m., just after midnight on December 2nd, Major League Baseball officially locked out the players. It's the ninth work stoppage in the sports history. It's been almost over 25 years since the last work stoppage. And in my mind... I feel like, why couldn't they have gotten this done? I feel like they could have found a way to get this done. Not because, okay, I understand, you know, there is a business to it. But when I was looking at some of the things that the teams were fighting for, They they seem trivial to me. There was nothing egregious there. They're talking about, oh, payroll is down like 4% across the board for Major League, ball, Major League Baseball players. They want rookies to get more money, but not the Bryce Harpers necessarily, who's seen they will get the bag. But some of the other players who it takes them six years to, to reach a status where they can get their, uh, become free agents and make their money. Because they have to have six years of major league service time before they can become free agents. And the problem for that is some of these players are closer to 30, and then teams are saying, eh, eh, maybe you're not worth it. I mean, it's interesting, you know, we, uh, my last pod talking about uh, the Mets signing Max Scherzer, all of these teams racing racing to finish deals before this deadline hit, because now, actually, the funny thing is if you look on MLB.com, you will not see 
pictures of players. If you look at the rosters, it's they're blank pictures. There's a letter to baseball. The the tab for teams is over on the right side. And I know this may not a big may not be a big thing, in, but you know, I feel like when you on the other websites, NFL, you go to NFL, you go to NBA.com, you will see it seems like the teams and the players are almost right there. Easy for you to navigate on their website. And now it's like, oh wait, where where's where's teams? So there's silhouettes of a baseball player for all of the teams now. And the league is focusing on everything except for current Major League Baseball players. And I guess the answer to all of your questions is money, as I'm stealing that line. No more free agency, no more trades, winter meetings canceled. And even though there is a players union and Tony Clark is heading it up, Rob Manfred is a MLB commissioner who is, you know, in charge of negotiations for the owners. Really, we know who the real person is who should be at the table, and they don't want to admit it. But it's Scott Boris. Scott Boris is the most powerful agent in sports. (coughs) Excuse me. Scott Boris is the one who can get this deal done. That's, you know, I'm being a little facetious here. But then I feel like I'm not. Like he's the one you need at the table. He's the one who might be able to convince the players because we know Scott Boris is all about money. Getting his players money. And when the deal is good for the players... You know Scott Boris will be the one to go to, if he was in charge of the union, say, this is a good deal. This is a good deal. There, of course, is going to be a lot of compromises made. I hope during this lockout, one of the things that I've always said, please, can we get rid of it? And I hope it is the case. Cut down on the pitchers warming up in the bullpen, then coming out on the mound and warming up again. There's some things in in that regard that could stand to be changed. But I hope they work this out and that we don't end up in a situation where, unfortunately, the baseball season doesn't start on time. Now, granted, the games are probably long anyway. I'd like to see them get down to about 148. So maybe from that perspective, 
maybe the players don't necessarily want to uh, give that up, but I could see it being something that I'm okay with. Oh, maybe the players would be okay if as long as the money didn't change. I'm sure the money would change, but hopefully you can find a way that, oh, hey, let's play 140 games. And so maybe that's what ends up happening this season. It actually happened during the first uh, play-demic. What, they played 60 games? Man, it seems like so long ago. Hopefully we'll get a, a World Series. Hopefully we'll get a World Series. Now as we shift to football, I want to start with RG3, Robert Griffin III. He's coming out with a new book called Surviving Washington. The survival didn't last long, but I tell you what, when RG3 was drafted, boy, you couldn't tell us anything in Washington. We thought, oh, here we go. We're making the playoffs. For the next 10 years, we're going to be maybe winning two or three Super Bowls. The dynasty can begin. And the sad thing is I often say, oh no. That dynasty ended on draft night when the Washington football team decided to draft Kirk Cousins. That was the end of RG3 to me. And I said on draft night, you ask my brothers, you ask my brothers, they will tell you the exact same thing. That I said the second they drafted Kirk Cousins, that was the end for Robert Griffin III. And sure it was. He Granted, part of it was injuries, but he never... was able to not look over his shoulder and consider himself to be the quarterback for the Washington football team. And I truly believe that. I truly believe that. Maybe he'll talk about it in this book, Surviving Washington. I hope that's one of the topics on there. Now, the other part of that is... You know, in Robert Griffin's video post talking about his book that may be coming out teasing and, or promoting the book, he says, quote, I'm going to tell you the truth about what happened in that playoff game in 2012 against Seattle. Boy, I was like, man, I thought we were in there. I'm going to detail the medical mismanagement that I received during my time in Washington. I'm going to open your eyes to the sexual harassment that permeated the walls of that building and give you a deep dive into a power struggle between one of the most powerful coaches in all of sports and an owner that many of you want gone. They say the truth will set you free. So here it is, unfiltered, end quote. Man, when you watch that Seattle team, Boy, let me tell you something. Excuse me. When you watch that Seattle-Washington game, it made me think about that playoff game back in 2012. And I thought you couldn't tell me anything. The Washington football team has arrived. Robert Griffin is going to best. Russell Wilson, we're going to the Super Bowl. And it just was not to be.
But the thing for me that really rubs me the wrong way about what Robert is doing is if he's saying that he's going to share secrets and tell all about what happened with the sexual harassment that was going on in Washington, then why didn't he say anything then? Instead of now, almost a decade later, trying to sell a book. He should have done what was right. That's what I want to see from Robert Griffin III and anyone else out there who has been a witness to any sort of problem that you know when you're looking at it, you're like, right from wrong, this is wrong. Then you speak up. You got to speak up. Now, the question for me is, in my mind, like, well, I'll still read it. I still want to read it. But should I read it? Is that giving support to someone who didn't want to say anything and risk his career when he was a player to speak up? I don't know if it would have been Colin Kaepernick-esque where he doesn't get to play again ever. And it's not just Robert Griffin III who may have known that these things were going on. But why didn't you speak up then? Speak up when it's happening. Not years later when you want to try to sell a book. That's my issue. Now, my issue with the Washington football team today in terms of the play on the field is that the playoffs started today. The Washington football team are the seventh seed. What are we doing? Are we really going to enjoy this? Are we really going to be like, yay, let's pretend the Washington football team made the playoffs? Because for the rest of the season, I'm going to be biting my fingernails and crossing my fingers, hoping that they continue this win streak. It's sad to think that the defense has actually been better with Chase Young not being on the field. That makes me really sad. And I don't know if Heineke is really a starter, if he is the future for the Washington football team like we thought RG3 was, and then we thought maybe Kirk Cousins was, and we let him go to Minnesota. I think it's a false hope and it's a magical run, but at some point I expect the star to fade. I want to have the optimism, but I'm just not quite sure. And the thing is, from a positive standpoint, it's not just Heineke. I think Terry McLaurin is a dynamic wide receiver. Antonio Gibson, oh man, what he's done at the running back position. The offensive line's not bad. All of their stars are shining. Riverboat Ron, the coach. People are like, okay, they can do this. Bottom line, it's a team effort, and as a team, Washington football team is playing well. I just hope they haven't peaked too soon and that the glass slipper, this... uh. Cinderella run, if you will, doesn't end with the glass slipper falling off and some team stepping on it and crushing it. And as my brother said, after the Washington football team won that heartbreaker game on Monday night over Seattle this week, 
There goes our draft pick. And there goes our chance to draft what? A quarterback. All right, here we go. Time for my gut check picks. We're starting with Thursday night. Boy, did I love the Thanksgiving. Three games on Thursday. That was wonderful. Now we got one. And it's the Dallas Cowboys at the New Orleans Saints. The Cowboys are favored at minus five. Money line minus 220 plus 180 for the Saints. Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback, as he should be. I'm taking the Saints at plus five. Buccaneers at the Falcons. Buccaneers are favored at minus 11. I'll take the Buccaneers at minus 11. Colts at the Texans. I don't know what to make of this game. The Colts, I thought, blew it last week against the Bucs. The Texans, now they got Tyrod Taylor. They look a little bit better than I thought they would. I'm going to take the Texans at plus 10. The Vikings at the Detroit Lions. The Vikings, you know, they got to find a way to make the playoffs here. And, you know, when you look at this team, the Vikings have lost some close games. And they've won some really good games as well. And at five and six, I feel like they're a little bit better than what we give them credit for, in my mind. The as much as I hate to say that, because obviously the um, Minnesota Vikings have Kirk Cousins on the team, and I said I wouldn't talk about Kirk Cousins, but here I am talking about Kirk Cousins. I got to give him his due. I got to give him his due. But, because I think they've lost some close games. I really think, think they have. So, in this game, Vikings minus seven at the Lions. I'm going to take the Vikings at minus seven. Cardinals at the Bears. Cardinals are favored at minus seven and a half. I don't know what the Bears are going to do, but I think the game will be closer than what we expect them to. Actually, used to be the Chicago Cardinals. So they're kind of playing the first football team in Chicago, if I remember correctly. Philadelphia Eagles at the Jets. The Eagles are favored at minus seven. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles at minus seven. Chargers at the Bengals. Bengals looked good last week. They crushed, crushed the Steelers. I think they will do well in this game hosting the Chargers because the Chargers are traveling west to east. All of that goes into it. I'm taking the Bengals at minus three. Giants at the Dolphins. The Dolphins, are they a good team? Uh, not really, but they're five and seven. They won four in a row, so I don't quite exactly know what to make of that team, but I know the Giants stink, so I'm taking the Dolphins at minus four. The Washington football team at the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I was maybe going to go to this game. Now, I'm not going to the game as much as I wish I was in Vegas, especially to, to be able to watch this game. I'm going to take the Washington football team at plus two and a half. More Taylor Heineke magic, a better defense. I don't know. I, I just, I just, something in my gut, right? That's what's supposed to be. Just my gut check picks. Washington's won three in a row. Las Vegas, man. They're six and five, playing for their playoff lives, as is Washington. 
traveling east to west. Is that a big deal? I don't know. I think it'll be a close game. I'm taking the Washington football team at plus two and a half. Maybe I'm betting a little bit with my heart there. Jaguars at the Rams. The Rams are favored at minus 12 and a half. Now, the Rams have not looked great of late. They have not. They've lost three in a row. They're seven and four. But they're playing the Jaguars, who are two and nine. They've also lost three in a row. I think this is the game, ebbs and flows, that of the season, that is, that the Rams bounce back. I'll take them at minus 12 and a half. The Ravens at the Steelers. Oh, boy. What do I make of this game? I don't know. The Steelers, man, they look bad. They look bad. Really bad against the Bengals. That was on the road. Maybe they've got a week to get better. It's 425 game. Normally, it always is a good game when it's Steelers-Ravens. I'm a gamble here. I'm going to take the Steelers at plus four. I'm going to take the Steelers at plus four. Why am I taking the Steelers at plus four? I feel like I don't even know. I mean, the, the Ravens have won two in a row. Steelers have lost two in a row. Also haven't done very well at home. They're three, two, and one. But the Ravens are three and two on the road. Okay, gut check, gut check. I said I'm taking with my gut. I'm going with the Steelers at plus four. 49ers at the Seahawks. The 49ers are favored at minus three and a half. I think the Seahawks are done. It's a good rivalry. I think the 49ers are riding high. I'm taking the 49ers. Broncos at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored at minus nine and a half. I think this game will be closer. I'm taking the Broncos at minus nine, plus nine and a half, excuse me. Monday night, we got the Patriots at the Bills. That is going to be a wonderful game. That's going to be a great game. I think the Bills will be quaking in their boots. The Patriots are riding high. They're looking good. I'm taking the Patriots at plus three. And those are my gut check picks. Let's see how they do. We're going to review it one more time. We got Saints plus five. Buccaneers minus 11. Texans plus 10. Vikings minus seven. Bears plus seven and a half. Eagles minus seven. Bengals minus three, Dolphins minus four and a half, Washington football team plus two and a half, Rams minus 12 and a half, Steelers plus four, 49ers minus three and a half, Broncos plus nine and a half, and Patriots plus three. Let's see how I do this weekend. Let's see how you do. Enjoy sports. Woo! It's going to be a lot of fun. And man, Warrior Suns on Friday night. That should be exciting as well. That'll do it for Just for Swarm. Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now.